Yeah, so at the staff Christmas party, right. I will win a gift card. <laughs> I, I every year, man. I I am determined. I am uh, I'm really frugal. My wife and did, I are frugal. Did you win a, a gift card just recently and something we did? So we've been, you know, kind of in the last, like, when we started having staff meeting again after quarantine, right. like, we've been kind of doing games every once in a while. Yeah. I don't know how many weeks of games we've done, maybe like eight. I think I've won like four or five. Like I'm yeah, on I know, fire and I've noticed right that you've uh, yeah, you've been pretty um, intent on so some of this. So both of the weeks that I've been there, that we did the like get to know the staff, um, the kind of questionnaire about uh, the random questions, and then you have to guess which staff member it is. I've right. won bo- every time that I've been in the room for that game. I think there's only been two, if not, uh, but I've won, <laughs> tied for wins, but still. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'm super excited about it. And then a couple of the team games, I've been on teams that were good enough to win. So, Yeah, Mana's like that. She, uh, she loves winning cards. I don't know what it is, but it's like she is very competitive. Yeah. Uh, it's like she changes her whole personality. It's like her. you can see it in her face. You can see it in the muscles in her face and everything. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm on. Yeah. Okay, game's on. I had to learn. I had to teach myself how to not be competitive once I started working at a church. Like competitive to where I would like lose my cool. Yeah. You know, beach camp games. Oh man, church yeah. camp. Uh, man. Oh, yeah. that was my like. That was my pitfall, man. The temptation to just lose my cool just to win the beach camp game. I mean, yeah, come I, on. I, I have with my elbows probably hurt a lot of people. As a matter of fact, I think Mark tells a story <laughs> of of uh, playing basketball with him and Brent and Carrie and me. I think blooding in two of the three noses. Uh, yeah, it was Ooh. always very competitive. <laughs> yeah, I threw a bow one time at middle school camp and uh, felt kind of bad about it afterwards. Had to go apologize and make amends with my brother. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, the the staff games. I don't know what it is. I just I need to win that. You know, those gift cards. This last time for the the guess that staff member game, I won a fifteen dollar Whataburger gift card. Yeah, and I don't really eat at Whataburger. Yeah, and so what I ended up doing was I bought a. Oh man, you should eat the breakfast though. <laughs> I bought a Tobro. Oh, I love the honey butter chicken biscuit. I'm just never there from eleven to eleven. Oh right. Um, so I bought a, a Dobro, like a resonator guitar, like slide mm-hmm. guitar, on Facebook Marketplace, and the guy wanted you know like hundred and eighty dollars for it, and I couldn't find that much cash, and so um, the Whataburger gift card was part of the deal. He's <laughs> like, make me an offer. <laughs> I was like, well, here's how much cash I have. I'm gonna throw in a Whataburger gift card and a Zoe's Kitchen gift card that I think I also want on staff. Um, and you know, some koozies and things like just whatever I could find around the garage. I was like, all right, this is all part of the deal. Cause I can't get you oh, enough money. That's funny. So, uh, man, um, Gary, this is Gary Sills. He's, he's on the, on the podcast with us this morning, Gary, uh, why don't you introduce yourself for those of you who, uh, for those who are listening, who, who might not know you, um, or might know you and just need to put a, a, a name to a face that they can't see right now. Yeah. Well, they probably, if you have kids, you see me at the preschool door. I'm the guy with the hat and the goatee, gray goatee. Um, giving the kids high five every time I take a girl's temp, the little girl's temp. I said, "Oh, it says you're a princess," or the or the, <laughs> the, the the kid. I said, "Oh yeah, you're you're a superhero," and so they get pumped up. And so nice. yeah, it's a lot of fun. And so it's uh, that's one of my favorite uh, couple of hours of a day uh, of the week, actually, uh, just hanging out with those kids. They're they're so real and fun. Yeah. So and I have four kids of my own, uh, and I have seven grandkids, uh, wow. and uh, we. In my household, I have an 85-year-old, and I also have a 11-year-old wow. living, living with us. Just uh, runs the gamut. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey with, with all that, but it's, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. I love how um, 
you describe when you describe yourself, you talk about your family. I think that's a that's a really cool trait. You know, I think in America, mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, "Well, I'm a I'm a consultant," or you know, "I work in oil and gas." Like, oh, well, what a, you know, like when you ask yeah. somebody like, "Hey, who are you?" Um, so. I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. You've been doing ministry for a very, very, very long time. For a long time, yeah. Started in uh, 1983, so oh. quite a while. That, that my last year in college, I had uh, played football, played football for Baylor, went to Texas State University. I guess Southwest, yeah, Texas State University was a assistant coach there, and during that time, God uh, moved in my heart. Um, that's a long story, but just to get my attention, it took some moving. Uh, and uh, I, uh, yeah, I, so I, I uh, took my KZ750 motorcycle and my, and my big beard, and I drove over to this little church, and they were looking for a youth pastor, music guy, and I walked in and said, hey, I, I can do this. And oh, yeah. I said, yeah, yeah. So have you ever uh, led music before? No, I have no clue. <laughs> so I stood up there, and they just started moving my hands, you know, and so one day the secretary said, hey, uh, we need to we need to talk about this. There's a way to do it, and so uh-huh. that That's was awesome. the beginning of the journey that uh, has lasted for uh, yeah 62 now. So quite a wow. while. And so you've I feel like you've kind of held feels like every position in church ministry, um, and then doing your own ministries outside of church. Yeah. Um, and now. Uh, describe your role, I guess, at COF now, because you've even been a part of the COF family for a long time too. But what are you what are you doing right yeah, now? Yeah, so I'm a care pastor with Dick Hill. Uh, he's my partner in crime, and we, um, yeah, we we uh, handle funerals, uh, um, hospitals, um, people that are struggling in every area. Uh, some of the financial I- uh, issues that go on, especially right now, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we we get caught up in a lot of. Uh, a, a lot of things, you know, uh, when it comes to hurting people, which uh, yeah, the church has a lot of a lot of people that are struggling right now. Yeah. So, uh, in your wisdom, because this is my opportunity to just get wisdom from from Gary. I mean, from an old dude. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, you just somebody who you know I would who anybody in my in my shoes would want to model a career after. Looking back on this year. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're getting into Christmas season, best gift season. What is something that you have learned that maybe you'll carry with you for the rest of your life? What I mean, this has been just a a really kind of like a watershed year for a lot of us. I think probably everyone is going to is going to take something away from this year and, and look back to this year as maybe a turning point, um, just as, as a climax, as an anticlimax. So what's something that you've kind of taken away from this year? Well, you know, this has been, um, it has actually been a, 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 a deep, deep digging time for me, as it has been, I think, for most people, whether they realize it or not. Um, and that is that I went back to some of the core uh, values, and I really, in my time with God, the nourishing times with God, I went back and had to um, hash out and reestablish some of the things that I did in the very beginning when I, I met my first love with Jesus, when I came to that place where, you know, my heart was really throbbing. I was, I was on fire. Uh, I was ready to go out and change the world because I had gotten a little, I'd slowed down. I'd gotten a little, a little older. I've been doing this a long time. Uh, I've been a pastor in the past. So I, I think I'd gotten a little lazy. Uh, and so I, 
it forced me and pushed me to reestablish some habits, simple habits of uh, spending time with him in ways that I had not done in a while. And I believe that that same, you know, I think the the same thing's happening with a, a, a lot of people. It's getting their attention to saying, okay, this is a, you know, this this thing's pretty real. Yeah. And so uh, it's bigger than me. Yeah, I feel like I haven't fully had time to like sit down and really reflect and maybe journal a bit just about how I've changed. I mean, this has been a, a, a massive year of change for me too. Mm-hmm. Um, having our first kid is going to be that kind of year yeah. for anybody. Um, but just, I mean, we moved to, we moved to Cyprus. We've been wanting to move to Cyprus for, for five years and finally made it happen to be closer to friends and closer to work and, um, you know, not have to take toll roads to work. And, you know, as soon as we move, we can't see friends and we can't, you know, I don't even have to drive to work and, and we're closer to Rachel's work as well. So, and she wasn't working, mm-hmm. um, in the spring and summer. And so it's just funny, but you know, I, I really like a lot of us think that like God's, you know, going to use this year and like almost wonder if like this is all part of the plan to, to rebuild his church in a, in an interesting way. And so, right. um, what a cool, I guess, year to set up a best gift season. Um, if you haven't been following along with, uh, our weekends here at community of faith, um, this is something that we've been doing every year, uh, where, where we take some time in, in November and December and we reflect on the incredible ways that God is moving and God is using his people to build his kingdom across the world. And we call it best gift. And the reason why we do that is because at the end of this, this period of reflection, this period of, of even just like educating ourselves on, on what we're doing and what our, our partners around the world are, are able to accomplish with, um, with our gift. Um, we end that season with a, a special offering. It's like a one-time offering. It's kind of above and beyond our regular tithes and offerings, but um, it's a special offering where all of it goes out. And so um, we say not a penny stays at Community of Faith. And so you'd be able to, to find on our website, uh, cof.church, all kinds of information on like where this offering is even going. Um, but it's all of these sustainable um, kind of efforts uh, that are just, you know, way too many to describe. Right. Um, but we've been talking kind of what, what does it look like? What does it look like for us to be obedient? You know, what does it look like for us to be open-handed with our money? Um, and I love how it's kind of like, we call it best gift, best gift to Jesus really. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like adding Jesus to the, uh, to the Christmas list. Right. Right. So it's like, well, if this is the time of year where Rachel, cause we're kind of late gift buyers. Um, and we're just not very good at it. Like some people are just really good at, at gift giving. My mother-in-law is incredible at it. Um, I just, I'm not, cause I'm just not a gifts guy. And so we struggle to be like, man, what are we going to get? Father-in-law is like, what, man, I don't know. They, they kind of have everything they need. They're pretty well off. And so, um, as we're kind of going through our Christmas, it's like, what are we going to buy for, for each people? We're, we're sitting down, we're saying, well, wh- what do we want to give to Jesus this year? Um, how do we want to see children around the world, you know, rescued from poverty, rescued from, from malnutrition, you know, uh, rescued from sex trafficking, how can we be a part in that? And so that's where we're at on the weekend. Mark talked this weekend kind of about how, and how we kind of fit in God's economy, how we fit in, in this whole thing and how we can be a part of it. And so um, we're going to spend the next few minutes just kind of talking about that, kind of breaking down uh, Mark's message this weekend. So, so Gary, what, um, maybe what kind of stood out to you? Where, where would you want to start? 
getting into this message? Well, there was a couple of, of things that stood out, but the word gift uh, stood out to me in a huge way because I equate uh, a gift, the gift giving and gift receiving um, during this, this time, uh, it, it's, you know, uh, it's gotten a little bit out of hand in ways, but at the same time, you know, that's what life is about. It's about giving a gift to somebody and you receive a gift back, but it's always a gift. So what is, what is a gift? Um, a gift is, you know, the gift is, I mean, when it, it all boils down normally to this one word called love. And, uh, so you love something, you love somebody, someone loves you, uh, and they they give you a gift. Now we give gifts just because we have to at certain times. Um, I tell people a lot of times that the sum of life is our journey to find our identity in the divine. Um, and sometimes when I when you say something like that, I, I want to share a story. I, I read a story about a um, there's a grandmother that was taking her her grandkids shopping, and so they're 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 shopping along and they're looking. For for gifts and they've got this list and they're excited and grandma looks over in the window and there's this little girl and she's got her face pressed up against the window um, and it's a, a little homeless girl and so she goes over and she lets her in and she says hey I want you to pick a gift here and of course the store manager he he wasn't pretty he wasn't too fond of that so they bring the girl in and they're all looking for a gift and and uh, the little girl grabs the lady's hand and they're walking around uh, and she smiles and she looks up and she says are you God and the lady says, kind of embarrassed, you know, at the same time, kind of, it's kind of satisfying that, you know, a little girl, right. would, it's touching. Uh, she said, no, I'm not God at, at all. She goes, oh, okay. She goes, uh, and she goes, no, no, sweetie, uh, um, I'm not God. So anyway, they, they walk around and later on, she goes, well, um, I knew there was some connection though. And uh, then they, the little girl picked a gift and she left. And the lady goes on to share the fact that her, her identity, what she told the little girl, no, I'm not God, but I am a child of, of God. And her identity was fixed in that stronger than it had ever been fixed uh, in her life. And just because this little girl, the gift that she's giving this little girl, uh, by bringing her in uh, and giving her a gift, uh, that uh, 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 strongly cemented the fact that, yes, I am a child of God. So when I when I thought about this story, I thought about the gifts that we give and the gifts that we receive and you give to people. So what we give to a little one, what we give to anyone, um, uh, whether it's um, you know money, uh, whether it's love, whether it's kindness, compassion, it is Jesus. Uh, in in this church, I've never been. I have been on staff, uh, and I'm proud of it. I've been on staff at eight different churches. Well. And so I jump around. I get bored super easy. <laughs> but I've helped plant three churches, and I was a pastor of one I planted for 10 years. Uh, and then I came over here after that. I I have never been a part of a church that is so involved in so many different ministries. Um, and you can call them ministries. You can call them whatever you want to call them. But it's, it is loving people. It is giving to people. It is giving to people that uh, and helping them build their life. And it is love. It is a gift that uh, a few of the churches I was ever a part of, or was even a pastor of, um, you know, saw happen. Yeah, I'm. I'm really proud of it too. Being on staff here, um, I think anybody who is a part of community faith can can take pride in that, and not in a sense of like, 
let's pat ourselves on the back. Like, look what we've done in Africa, you know, in Nicaragua. Like, more stuff like, man, I want to be a part of a place that gets God's heart. Like, let's be proud of that fact that we're not self-absorbed, you know, that we recognize that we've been blessed, um, but we've been blessed to be a blessing to others. And so um, it excites me. It excites me about 2021, um, what we will see accomplished. Mm-hmm. And so, um, man, does does any of the uh, any of the specific stories maybe around the world or here um, really kind of resonate with you? I think for me, anytime I just I'm 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 a kind of a stats guy, and so I'm overwhelmed by by numbers. And so when I hear, you know, this many thousands of, of micro loans have gone out, mm-hmm. you know, in in uh, <coughs> excuse me, in uh, Burundi, for example, like we've got this bank going on over there. We're giving out loans to people. So that kind of stuff fires me up because it's sustainable. Like I'm I'm kind of not about the not that I'm not about it. I'm going to sound like a terrible person here. Um, I, I, emergency relief is great, but if you told me that, like, hey, this is a loan going out um, and they're going to get the money back and then they can send another loan out to somebody who needs it, who's like, it, it's like taking the fisherman who's a sustainable fisherman mm-hmm. uh, or just kind of a subsistence fisherman, like he's just getting enough food to eat that day. And it's like he, he could never buy a boat, but it's like, hey, we can give you a, a $3,000 loan and, like, now you can get, it, now you can get a crew. Okay, now you got a crew and you tripled your, you know, fishing capacity. And so now you can start selling fish mm. and more people in your community are going to be able to eat fish because you, you can sell them for cheaper now and then uh, pay that loan off because you've been able to sell fish and we can give you a, a $10,000 loan. Now you can buy a boat uh, and, you know, like three years later, you could buy a fleet. And all of a sudden, like you've taken not just this one guy's life by saying, OK, here's a thousand dollars, buy some fish, you know, so you can like live a little bit longer or whatever it is. Like now we've completely changed his life, and you look on the on the, on the macro scale, and we could change a whole community, um, and so that kind of stuff fires me up because it's like we're not just like being flippant with the money either. Like we're being really strategic instead of us just saying, like, "Hey, here's," I, I don't know. Like I, I told this story uh, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast with Moses of like I actually I don't know if it made the cut. I'm gonna go ahead and tell it then. Um, I was in Dominican Republic. Um, hanging out with some friends there. I did some missions work there when I was like in high school and maintain a relationship with some of these guys who, um, they were kind of like orphans in the orphanage we were working with there. And I kind of was the same age as them and kind of as they phased out and got jobs and stuff, I maintained a relationship with them in college and would go visit and stuff. They're just friends. Um, and so I would go back and on one of these trips we were hanging out and we were just cooking together cause I was into cooking and they were teaching me how to cook el plato principal. They like kind of the, we don't really have one in America, but like the, the, principal dish of Dominican food, right? It's like fried chicken, rice and beans. Mm-hmm, like right. it's no spice at all. Like it's just really bland fried chicken. Right. Um, and so in mangu, if you guys know what that is. Um, and then, so like the next day I was trying to make them the principal plate of Texas, which I decided was like Tex-Mex. And so I tried to find something that was relatively spicy in the Dominican Republic, which is impossible. Um, made guacamole for him. They're like, why are you mashing up that avocado? You're killing it. I'm like, no, this is the best <laughs> stuff in the world. Anyways, um, one day we were making rice and there was this bag of rice and they were like, all right, here's how you prepare the rice in the Dominican Republic. You got to pick these little things out of it. I was like, what on earth are we doing? There's these little bits, chunks of things inside the rice. And um, I was like, what are these things? And he was like, I don't know. We just, we, we pick them out. 
And I was like, I was looking at the package and they're like little soy protein bits in the rice. It's like fortified rice. And I look at the, at the box and it's feed my starving children. And I was familiar with this company. I'd helped pack these bags before back in like way back in the day in America. And uh, it's this, this initiative where it was kind of like, Hey, they're just dropping off fortified rice all over the world. And the lesson that I learned that day, I mean, it was hilarious that I was this Jacob Jones, the, the white kid from Chicago was the starving child um, who was eating <laughs> the feed my starving <laughs> children. And like the, the, you know, that just the levels of irony are crazy because not only that, like we're picking out the soy protein, the fortified protein, because we want to eat the rice. And they were kind of saying, no, this stuff ruins the rice. Like we just want rice. <laughs> These guys don't need feed my starving children rice. Like they have jobs, they can afford to get. And rice is super cheap. Um, you know, they they could afford to eat um, every single day, and certainly I could as well. And so um, it was just this this lesson. I was like, man, this is this company is so well intended, um, but it wasn't getting to the right places. Maybe it was getting to some of the right places, but certainly this, this where we were living in the Dominican Republic, they, they should not have been receiving this rice and I should not have been eating it. Right. Um, but they're like, yeah, we don't know. Like it just, I was like, you guys know what this is? Like, this is like a, a missions thing. They're like, we don't know. I mean, it just shows up like once a month on our doorstep and we pick out the soy protein and eat it. Like uh, <laughs> we didn't even, they didn't even know it was protein. They're like, I don't know. It's just these weird things in the rice. And so what I love about community of faith, this is the really long winded way of saying, I love how we don't just try to do it ourselves. We don't just try to, to send out money, but like we've got people on the ground in all of these countries, all over the world, who are brilliant, um, smart, savvy, ministry, gospel-minded people um, who are doing the legwork, and we found them, and, and they found us in some senses, and like um, we're going to say, hey, look, we're going to support you because we know you and we trust you and we love you, and you're going to be able to do a much better job at this than we could if we try to do it on our own. Um, it's just kind of that mindset of like, we could go over there and, and build the cinder block orphanage, us Americans, but we don't know anything about, about, you know, building construction or we could fund, you know, the Dominicans who are foremen and they could build the wall faster. Mm-hmm. Um, right. They could build the orphanage faster. They could, you know, and then we'd be supporting their economy. And so it's this idea of like, let's do this smart. Um, but like, let's actually make a difference and not just like, our, our, I know I have confidence in my gift going places, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I, uh, no, I, I agree. I, I, I love what community faith does. Now, of course it comes out of Mark and Laura's, um, you know, their background and yeah, their passion and, and where they started. Uh, that was that was what, in the beginning, Mark wanted to do uh, from the very beginning was uh, go on the mission field. And then he recognized that, hey, there was some glitches here in the mission field and things weren't getting where they're supposed to get to at the right time uh, and in the right way. So he decided, hey, I'll start a church and we, we'll do it and we'll make it happen. And, and it's amazing if you look at the numbers, uh, you look at the number of people uh, that have been touched um, you know, by community of faith. Um, you know, when we, when we talk about gift, I, one of the things when I, I, uh, I know that when someone stands up, uh, and starts talking about money, uh, I mean, I'm the same way I'm wondering, okay, is this going to hurt? Is this going to be, am I, is going to be guilt, shame involved in this? Am I going to feel that feeling that I feel, you know, because, okay, uh, uh, 
uh, that, that someone's trying to get my money. Sure. And, and when I, uh, Mark read uh, a scripture verse, I think it was, um, it was Matthew, no, see, which one was it? Oh, uh, no, it was Psalms fifty twelve is what it was. And it said, if I were hungry, I would not mention it to you. For all the world is mine and everything in it. No, I, I don't need your sacrifices of flesh and blood. What I want from you is your true thanks. I want your promises fulfilled. I want you to trust me in your times of trouble so I can rescue you and you can give me glory. Mm. I, when he read that, I one of the things that I don't need to do with God, I don't need to appease God you right. know, uh, by giving something to him. And of course... Um, there was a time when you know they're sacrificing wheat and you know and corn and goats and all those things because they thought, hey, God need to eat and those kind of things. Right. Uh, but we don't have to do that to God at all, and that's not what God's asking for. And that's why when we talk about the best gift, yeah, we're we're talking about helping financially so we can do what uh, we do best here and, and what we know how to do. Uh, but at the same time, it's more about your own heart. It's about it's about. Um, God implanting in you uh, this passion by you just saying, yes, I'm going to sacrifice. Uh, and then I know in my own life that something mystical happens inside of me, honestly, when I know that I have given to God and I have laid it down and said, this is from my heart entirely. And I can't explain it. I c- can't even go into detail with you. But I can tell you that it's there and I sense it. It's the same thing that I was telling when I was telling that story a while ago about the lady. When she realized her identity uh, was she's a child of God, the love that happens and all that, and what God does because of what Christ did, what the whole meaning of Christmas and in giving, it all just explodes like a, uh, a blossoming flower. It just, you know, it's like that beauty that comes out uh, and naturally. God begins to do things inside of us that only He can do. That you can't manufacture. Yeah. You know. I, I think for me, what was really convicting about Mark's talk was kind of at the end, um, he talked about not being a fan. Like, he, he used this whole Texans metaphor. Um, I... JJ Watts. <laughs> I, I can't I can't hate on the Texans for being bad this year because I'm a Bears fan and like we started the season out five and one and we just lost six in a row. Um, it just makes me really sad to talk about. So I'm going to move on. Um, but yeah, I talked about the Texans and it's kind of like how fans can just be all you know booing, you know, and getting all up in arms about their team playing bad and and it's like that's a fan. That's kind of a you know, an observer, a sidelined person who doesn't really have any skin in the game. Like other than the hundred bucks you paid to get in the stadium and the, the hot dog, the the $10 hot dog and the $30 beer, like you you don't really have skin in the game. Um, But the Texans players do and the Texas coaches do. um, And, you know, their jobs are on the line. They care. Um, You got, he mentioned JJY, you know, this guy who's going to like, I, I haven't watched enough Texans games to know if this is true or not. So, um, but Mark said that he's like, you know, he's always going to go out and give his 100. And I think re- I think I saw a game like two or two weeks ago, maybe where like he, he like had this interception. I was like, yeah, like oh, it was a Thanksgiving Day game, um, you know, and like the Texans just like out of nowhere just put up tons of points. I was like, where was this team all year long? Um, yeah, and he's going to give his all, and he's got skin in the game, and like that's where we should want to be as followers of Jesus. 
not just these sideline fans who are like, oh, man, that's cool. You know, that's cool. God, God's doing cool things. But like, man, I want to be a part of it. I want to be in the game. Like, put me in, coach. Um, and this is a great way to do it. This isn't the only way to do it, you know, giving. Um, but it's a great way. It's actually a really simple way to do it. I would, I would argue that this is probably the simplest way yeah. to be a part. Because you could – I remember when I was doing these, these Dominican Republic mission trips, I, um, I would – like a lot of missionaries do, I'd raise money. And I had this friend, and I was in college. I would, I would raise money with my friends, um, you know, asking for like three bucks or whatever. Because I'm into the college kids. Like I know they're not going to be able to like give me a bunch of money. I had one friend, Nate Cress, who gave me like hundreds of dollars. Everyone else gave me like five bucks. They were like, "Hey, man, I want to, I want to support you. I want to be a part of what you're going to do there." And he he was a missions minded dude. He loved going on trips. And he said, "Hey, this summer." I'm doing my medical whatever residency thing. He's like, I don't have the time uh, or space to to go anywhere. Um, you're going for me in my stead. And so here's hundreds of dollars. I don't remember exactly how much it was. It was a mind-blowing number from a college friend. Um, and he's like, I want to participate in what you're doing, and this is the easiest way for me to do it. And so I would argue it's an easy way to, to be in the game. But I love, uh, alongside of that Texans metaphor, um, he talked about the story uh, of David and, and Arana, who um, right. basically, you know, God told David, you know, build me an altar on Arana's threshing floor. And it's just like God gives David this really specific task. And so David does that. And he, and he, he goes uh, to Arana, and Arana saw the, the king and his officials coming towards him. This is, uh, this is 2 Samuel 24, uh, starting in 18. Um, it says, when Arana looked and saw the king and his officials coming towards him, he went and bowed down before the king with his face on the ground. He said, what can I, what can I do? You know, what, why is the Lord, the king, why is my Lord, the king come to his servant, to me? Uh, and David says, to buy your threshing floor. Like, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to buy part of your, your land, your little property, um, so I can build an altar of the Lord. Um, and so Arana says to David, well, you know, take whatever you want. You know, here's an ox you can have for the burnt offering. You know, here's... The threshing sledges, I don't even know what those are, but here's the ox yokes. You can burn my ox yokes for the wood, for the fire. Just burn my stuff, um, you know, and, and give this all to the king. And he said, you know, and, and may God accept your offering. But David replied to Arana, no, I insist in paying you full for it. I will not make a sacrifice to the Lord, my God, that costs me nothing. I love that. So he, so it goes on to say David bought the threshing floor and, and the oxen and he paid him uh, 50 shekels of silver. And so he, he, he did the thing. But I love that line. And I think it's, it's in, in a way, you know, in, in maybe a medic, metaphorical way, like it's true for us today. That same heart of I'm not going to make a sacrifice to God, to the eternal one that cost me nothing. That's not even a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about you know, I was getting married. We talk about sacrificial love and it's like, people would be around me. They'd be like, man, I just love sacrificial love. And I'm like, what you love sacrifice? Like that sacrifice isn't fun. Actually sacrifice implies that it's going to stink for you a little bit. That's going to hurt. Um, or else it's not sacrifice. And so, um, man, when we talk about a gift when we talk about how can we be open handed with our money, how we could be sacrificial with our money. It's, it's, I hope that we're convicted by something that's a truce. That's a, that's actually going to be a sacrifice. And I hope that we're not just going to call it one because it feels good. Yeah. Um, man, I love that heart from David though. Um, and I love that Mark went there. So, yeah, no, I, I, 
I do also. I, I, I know that, you know, God sent his son Jesus down here so that we could see like a human, so he could see that he sees us like humans. Um, sometimes, and I did this, and all young Christians do it, we want to get spiritual really quick. And um, sometimes we get spiritual before we actually uh, begin, before we really are loving humanity and people. Um, and yeah, uh, um, God has uh, given some of us more ability to give than, than others, and uh, we have we can give a bigger gift. Uh, but God knows us. He, I mean, He knows He knows where we are in life. I mean, yeah. He know, I mean, He's yeah, He's up there, wherever He is, over there, down there. I don't know where God is. To be honest with you, He's right here. I know He is. And so, but but He knows our humanness. Mm-hmm. I mean, He sent His Son in that state to show us that He knows yeah. that we we are we have needs. I mean, we 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 don't we can't eat sometimes. Uh, you know, we we don't have money for this for our kids. So he understands all that stuff. All God wants from us is uh, he wants us just to sacrifice, you know, uh, a little bit. David could sacrifice a whole lot. David could buy a whole threshing floor. Yeah. You know, David could buy, the. I mean, David was the king. J.J. Watts is the king. There are professionals on that field that are professionals. But the fact is, God doesn't, doesn't need you to be a, a professional in those areas or a king. It, he, he he wants to honor you for right where you are hmm. and he wants to he wants to love you right where you are and he wants to uh, fill you up right where you are so if your gift you know if there's a million M&Ms over here from one guy and then, then you can only give like you know a hundred okay that's that's a good pile for yeah. you and that's a sacrifice for you and that's all God wants because he doesn't look at your your status as king or your status as JJ Watts or a professional football player. Yes, you can you, you're in the stands, but you can you can play in the game. You know, you can put some skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah even I love that. Like even man, it makes me think of Skittles, man. And the green Skittles, those are the worst. <laughs> I like ruined. the green Skittles. No, the new ones? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I maybe I haven't tasted So they, they changed the Skittle, the green Skittles about I haven't it. had Skittles in a while. Five years ago they made it it was it used to be lime and now it's green apple and it just doesn't go with the other flavors and so um it's the worst actually when i get skittles i give all the green ones to my wife because she didn't care and so i will pick out the green ones and not eat them um <laughs> they're terrible yeah and so so for some of us and, and we t- mark talked about this weekend you know the the woman with the two mites and how right. she gave more than everybody else so some of us we only have a couple of green skittles to give uh-huh. um yeah. and yeah. so and, and you know and, 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 and you know the woman gave her two mites but you don't have to be in that state that she was in, like she was some kind of, you know, godly, godly woman. We don't really know that. Right. We just know that she was convicted to give two mites. I mean, she could have been living on this street over here, walking this street, for all we know. But what we know is that she gave two mites and that God honored it. And that's all God wants. He doesn't care. He's not asking you to be in this place spiritually in your life right. or in this place here. He's not asking for that. He's not wanting you to be in poverty or anything. He's just wanting you to, um, um, he's wanting you to pour your heart out so that, uh, you can experience him because that's what it's about. It's about experiencing him. Hmm. Well, awesome. Um, any, uh, any, any further thoughts before we wrap this up? No, I mean, we could probably sit here and talk all day, but yeah, no. for real. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, listeners, if you uh, if you haven't checked out these past few weeks of the Best Gift series, you can find them on YouTube. Um, and, uh, and and catch up this this weekend. We'll be wrapping up the Best Gift series. This is actually a weekend we're making the Best Gift offerings, December thirteenth. And so, um, and if if you are you listening to this, or you've heard kind of any any of this this whole series we've been talking about this, and you kind of feel that tug in your heart to to participate in this offering, um, don't ignore it. You know. Um, let's uh let's make a difference with our best gift um let's let's be open-handed so um we love you thanks for listening and uh we'll see you this weekend